pull up a bar stool. Yeah, we're gonna have some fun today. I say that every week, but I'm serious, man. I got my beer. I'm ready to go. We're gonna talk about pirated content, whether you should care. Talk about auditing. And my first run-in with auditing and how it's just kind of eye-opening and making me realize if you want to be serious, you got to do this often. Talk about raising your prices and how you should handle that and really how I handled it and some uh, responses I'm seeing to that. Then we'll wrap this up. Um, as I record this, I'm you know, less than 24 hours away from Big webinar for uh, my experiment. The people who participated in my experiment made it to the end. So I'm really looking forward to it. But there's going to be some highlights I want to share with you about that webinar and really about the things I learned from that experiment. So it's going to be a good one. Pop a bottle. Let's do it. Hey everybody, John here from JohnLumber.com and John Lumber Digital on Facebook. Here with another edition of the Social Media Pubcast where each week I invite you to the virtual pub and we get drunk on social media. Oh yes, yeah, so this week, I'm you know, I feel like a beer right now might not, might not be the best idea. I just, you know, old man disease. Um, I went to my son's um, my son Ryan's basketball practice it was his last basketball practice of the season and they had the old parents versus kids so I had to show off a little bit basketball is not really my sport but you know still had to beat those kids down and uh, I'm tired I was worn out like you know I feel like I'm in some of the best shape I've been in my life because I'm like I like run distances and things like not big distances but distances more than I ever did as a kid growing up but holy cow, running the basketball court is a completely different type of shape. And I'm beat. But I'm working on a new Belgium 1554 black lager. I don't know if I've had this before on the show. Maybe. But a um, little hat tip to the local brewery. Raise a glass. In this case, a can. Cheers. Yeah, I'm definitely going to finish that today. On the show. I'm going to have to take lots of breaks. All right, so... First topic I want to cover is about pirated content. It's funny, you know, this is something that every now and again um, I'll hear from somebody say, hey, you know, get, get uh, someone contact me in an email or contact form or Facebook or Twitter. Like, hey, you see this? This guy's selling your stuff at a huge discount. Just thought you should know about it. And, um, you know, it, the first time I used to get those messages, my instinct was anger. And I'm sure this was a lot of people. You know, that's my stuff. They're stealing money from me. You, I just wanted to email them. I wanted to threaten them. I wanted to beat them up. I wanted to track them down. But here's the deal. In reality, man, it's difficult to police. It's like whack-a-mole. You might just, you might knock one out. They'll find another way. These guys are everywhere. And often, you know what? They're nowhere close. <laughs> like they're halfway across the world. They're impossible to locate. If they're smart, they're impossible to locate. Um, so I've kind of changed my reaction to when I hear these things now. It used to be that it ruined my day. 
Now I try to spin it positively that first of all, you know what? Product must be pretty good. If someone thinks that this is a good money-making opportunity for them, they can sell my product at a discount. And uh, so that's one way I look at it. But the thing is, I gotta, if this happens to you, ask yourself, might this cost you money? And the easy answer is yes, but I think I look a little bit more closely. You know, because to me, it only costs me money if my ideal customer chooses the chooses to buy from the pirate over me. Right? So otherwise, that's not lost money. That's somebody making money that they shouldn't. And you know, I guess that's the reason to be pissed. But I don't know, teach his own. I'm not giving you the right to go ahead and pirate my stuff. I think you're an asshole. But yeah, I'm trying to make this like a PG-13 this week, aren't I? My goodness. But, um, you know, I, I just, the, the deal is, I mean, for me, the answer is the further your brand is from piracy, the less you need to worry about these people, right? So, for example, before and I asked, you know, might my ideal customer choose buying from a pirate over me? Um, I think if, if I was kind of a shady marketer, if uh, I push a lot of tricks and guarantees and shady stuff, I think it's more likely that I would attract people that don't have high values. And in that case, those people may say, screw this guy, I want to buy from this pirate, get it half off or whatever it is. So the further you're away from that, I think the less you need to worry about it. So if you prefer to buy what is likely partial, because really, I mean, when these people sell this stuff, make no mistake, I'm bur- burping all over the place here. They're probably not selling a, a, a full product. It's likely outdated. It's likely incomplete. So if you prefer to buy from that person, buy that type of product from a pirate instead of from me, look, you're not my target audience. You're not. And not to guilt trip you, but it shows that you're willing to take shortcuts. It says something about your values, about your character. And those values aren't consistent with my own. And I don't really care about you. So, you know, that really kind of, that's related, I think, to something I'm about to talk about um, when, I, when I talk about the audit and that, and I'll explain that in a minute, but the people I sell to, my, my favorite message comes from somebody that's like, you know, I've been reading from you for all these years. I was waiting for you to put out a product. I didn't even need it. I just wanted to give you money to say thank you. Right? Those are the best. Those are awesome. And I, I think it's, it's, again, you know, I hear a lot of people question sometimes the... Um, this might be a straw man when I say people question, but um, question the, the long game I play. Where I put so much work into driving traffic and, and, and maybe not enough emphasis on immediate ROI, but maybe long-term ROI. But this is why. I want to attract those people, not those who are likely to flip in a second, who are likely to say, Where, where's the best place and get this at a discount? There needs to be an emotional connection, but also 
um, a value connection, I guess. Right? And that's going to lead me to what we're about to talk about. But I need a big, fat drink here. All right? Cheers. All right, so the audit. Oh, man. Lesson learned, right? So you must audit your business at least once annually, if not more frequently. That was my lesson learned this last week or so. I had some sleepless nights auditing. Um, Yeah, maybe I should have had someone else do it. It was one of those things where it's like, sometimes I just need to do it. I need to see for myself. And um, so auditing, you know, as you can say, includes financial, includes customer transactions, systems, content. For me, this particular audit really evolved around kind of all of them in a way. So something I stumbled upon, I I use Infusionsoft and I've had a love-hate relationship with Infusionsoft for a while and it boiled over to hate to the 20,000th degree um, when I stumbled on some issues I was having with some people who had who previously made purchases but were no longer paying and were getting access to content they shouldn't have been getting access to. And inexplicably, no reason for it. Uh, talking to Infusionsoft, they couldn't explain it. And um, it happened several times. And so, you know, it was a really stressful situation where these systems stopped charging some some members while continuing to provide access. So my fear, my immediate fear, every time I stumble on another one, I have lost a ton of money. This is crippling. And it was tough. But, and this is why I'm glad I have John Robinson, my, my backup CEO, who's been on the show before too. He helped me, helped kind of put me, you know, straighten me out in that. Here's the reality. I actually had my best two months ever for my business in November and December. And those were months that were also impacted by this. I've been fine. The truth is that any money now that I can recoup is, is, is money I, I didn't have otherwise. I saved myself a lot of money by putting in the work to find the problem. So at present, I'm getting the situation resolved. I'm reaching out to the, the customers this impacts. And, just ma- and also, though, making sure that processes 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 I don't know are in place to prevent it from happening again and I mean it's kind of simple business but things that when a small 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 business is easy to like I don't need to do an audit my five my five sales <laughs> but here's the deal and, and kind of take going um, back to what we we're talking about with type of customer you attract I, I, I gotta say I was really happy with the way this went down. Now, if I was attracting people who, uh, you know, were willing to steal, I guess, 
and didn't have a conscience and uh, didn't have high values. When I sent out these emails letting them know what was going on, they could have easily ignored them and just see how long they can continue to get away with not paying anything. Reality is, a high percentage of these emails I've sent, immediate responses, oh, John, I definitely want to get get this squared away. Let me back pay for everything I owe you. How awesome is that? So... That's why, you know, I think these two things are really deeply connected. And the way you run businesses, that's why that's so important. Because when things go wrong, if you have the right type of customer, it's easy to sort it out. They will help you. If you attract a bunch of thieves, (laughs) they're not going to help you. They're going to do everything they can to get as much as they can for nothing. So, you know, it it was eye-opening. It was stressful. Um, reassuring, though, too. But I think it's one of those experiences that I'm glad I had. But it also, you know, reminds me that I cared enough to spot it. I cared enough to fix it. And you can't just, you know, you've got to be, I think as an owner of a business, this is one of those things, you know, I've had more people um, involved in my business over the last year in particular. And I've started to step back a little bit more to focus more on content creation. And I think the reality of this is that, you know, no, it doesn't mean I need to take it all back over again. But it means I need to be involved. I need to know exactly what's going on to because this is my money, my business. And you know, yes, I want everyone else to take ownership as well, but um end of the day, it's your responsibility as a business owner to make sure that the proper processes are in place, following the, the right procedures. And that you're not losing money. <laughs> so it's a good experience. I think, um, you know, whether it's life or business otherwise, it's good to have these little obstacles that test you every once in a while to learn from. So raise a glass to a little bit of business adversity. Cheers. That's just going down way too smoothly right now. All right, so... Let's shift this over. Let's see how much time we got. Oh, yeah. We're doing good on time here. To raising prices. Oh, man. So this is something I've been talking about for several months. and I've been planning to raise the price on my one-on-one. Now, this is supposed to go hand-in-hand with shifting um, systems to appointment core for my one-on-ones. But other priorities keep hopping in the way. And just out of nowhere... I can't even tell you what the inspiration was. There was a message I got from someone where I said, that's it, I'm raising the price. <laughs> I don't even remember what it was. And I don't know, I, you know, I've talked about not doing things spur of the moment, but that was a spur of the moment email I sent out. Um, so, but the, here's the deal. It's, it's a difficult decision to raise prices because 
you know that it's likely to result in less volume. I mean, perfect world, it won't, but it likely will. Will it result in more revenue? Will it result in more time? Will customers embrace the change? I'm just burping everywhere here. But here's the deal. Once again, I think this is all connected in terms of will customers embrace the change. If you're attracting the right customers, they will. I think that's one more reason to make that type of a change. If if I raise prices and I got a bunch of angry emails, raising the price might not have been the mistake. The mistake may have been the, the, the branding, the marketing, and everything I was doing to attract the wrong audience. But in this case, when I found every single time I've raised prices, my audience mostly embraces it. Now, I didn't receive a single negative email in response. Instead, I've received a ton of supportive emails. And um, But I just want to, I don't know if I'm going to read this whole thing to you, but because it was, it was received really, really well. And so I want you to know the approach I took with it because I think transparency is really important. But it's also important. I mean, I'm not going to... On one hand, it kind of looks like I'm apologizing for raising the price. I am and I'm not. You know, it's... I'm, I'm confident about it. I know it's the right decision, but I also understand the impact that makes on some. That's really what I'm doing here. I want to make sure that those who it prices out, you know I'm, I'm not forgetting about you. So we'll see how much I read of this. This is kind of long, but here we go. So I just want to send you a quick note about a change I'm planning for my one-on-one service. I also want to do my best to explain why I'm applying this change. So Thursdays have become my favorite day of the week. It's when I get to chat one-on-one with business owners, entrepreneurs, and marketers from around the world. Learning about their business and finding creative ways to help them excites me. Nothing makes me happier than knowing that I've helped make their lives even a little bit easier. Now, initially, these one-on-ones made up a decent portion of my business. But of course, my time doesn't scale. And I've recently started to limit my availability to three times per Thursday. This allows me to focus more time on creating content that can help many more people. So the result of this is that I'm now regularly booked far into the future. It's frustrating for someone who wants to book time with me since at this moment nothing shows up in my calendar until April. I guess it's a bit of supply and demand at work, but I regularly filled those Thursdays even less scheduling seven per day. But I think it's time to make a pricing change that I haven't made in a while. So beginning a week from today, now by the time you hear this, um, we'll be a few days away from that change. The cost of my one-on-one sessions will increase from $297 to $497. The cost to add individuals to the session will remain $100 each for the time being. So I have mixed feelings about this. First, it's a sign of my company's growth, which is certainly a great thing. In the beginning, I couldn't give these sessions away. I then moved away from free sessions to $97 for 45 minutes. The format has gone largely unchanged, but the price has slowly grown as my business has grown. On the negative side, I do realize what this does to some people who have consider, considered booking time with me but can't afford that price tag. 
I understand. Just know that I can continue to help you in different ways even if you don't book these sessions. I will say that there are times that people have booked sessions with me and I've wished that they hadn't. It's not that I can't help them, but it's clear their budget is minimal. So spending $297 for 45 minutes with me, while it's beneficial, can only do so much for a business that doesn't spend much on Facebook ads. So part of the reason for this change is to make it clear about the audience these sessions are intended for. They are for advanced Facebook advertisers or people looking to become advanced Facebook advertisers who already spend or plan to spend at least one to $2,000 per month in Facebook ads. These are the people I can help most. And I hope that doesn't sound snobby. If you've always thought about booking a time with me at the $297 price, you still have one week to do so. Just go here. There will be other changes coming that will make these sessions even better. Bottom line is that I want to thank you, whether you book these times or not, for the continued support. There will always be a place for you within my community. Have questions, just hit reply. Cheers, John. That was long, I know. But so that's the approach I took, completely honest in me. And really just kind of spilling my guts in the email, just threw it together in five minutes. Like I said, the response has been overwhelmingly positive. People have replied to congratulate me, reminiscing about the early days of my business and providing encouragement. Many have signed up for that old price and I'm now booked through April. I I don't think I have anything left in April. So lesson learned here. Look, it's better to overprice than underprice. It's easier to bring a price down through sales and discounts than it is to bring a price up. So, and and again, it's all about the audience you're attracting as well and how well that they'll accept that. If you you are targeting bargain hunters, um, people who are always looking for coupons and this and that, they probably won't be very happy about a price increase. But the people I'm attracting are really looking for Top of the line. So in that case, I I can't even tell you how many times someone's written to me and said, you're doing this too inexpensively, John. Raise your prices. (laughs) So um, that's my, I just, you know, there's an experience I went through this week. I want to share with you because I think it can help others. If you you thought at all about raising those prices, do it. You don't have to necessarily do it quietly. At the same time, you don't have to put out an email like I did explaining it inside and out. But um Consider consider something similar because I I think it worked really well for me. All right, raise that glass. Cheers. Like each each drink, I drink like a fourth of the can. I'm, I'm gonna make it by the end here. All right, so that how about that experiment, huh? Oh man, that experiment's been awesome. I hope you know what I'm talking about with my Facebook ads experiment. I really don't want to rehash the whole thing, but essentially, um. For much of January and February, been running an experiment where you know I've, I've, I've been thinking about new ways to think about ads and use ads because I, I want to use them in ways where people don't hate them. I don't want them to suck. I want people to look forward to seeing my ads. So I use it more as an opt-in, almost you know, almost like an opt-in without providing your email address, using website custom audiences. Instead, if you want to participate in this experiment and be served a bunch of exclusive content you don't get anywhere else via ads, click this link. And that's what they did. And once they clicked it, started serving them a series of 12 tips. 
which eventually led, if they got through those 12 tips, to an invitation to a webinar that I'm going to, now this is Tuesday, I'm recording this, it's going to happen tomorrow, Wednesday, for those people and as a thank you. And that webinar is going to be exhausting what that uh, um, experiment was all about and all the results and, and this it's going to be great. So here are a few highlights of what happened there. So keep in mind, when I, when people opted in, so by clicking a link, they said, I want to see these exclusive tips. They were eager to see them because they knew if they clicked that next one, they'd see the one after that. So the day one, so the I kind of lined up all of my tips, the ads for my tips. Day one of each of those, the, the average, the median day one cost per website click was one cent for the first day of each promotion. That's crazy, right? But each of those went at least 20 days. So um, the median for that, for the 20th day, was six cents. Still, six cents is amazing. But it gives you an idea a little bit of what we're dealing with there in terms of fatigue. Not just fatigue, but every, note, note that once you click on tip one, you no longer see tip one anymore. So the, so the only people continuing to see the ad after day one are people just entering into the experiment to, to tip one or those who are seeing it repeatedly and haven't yet clicked on it. So... That's, that's kind of an example there of fatigue setting in. But we also see a click-through rate. Median day one click-through rate for all these was about 35%, which is pretty darn insane. Median 20, day 20 click-through rate, 11%. Still really good, but less than a third of day one. So again, fatigue. Now, something else that amazed me you know, another kind of highlight of this, something I was not expecting, something I really hadn't noticed before. So if you have an ad, it only exists as an ad, does, you never published it organically, that gets a ton of engagement, you will end up with a ton of organic distribution. For the, This is, again, crazy. Median organic reach made up 75% of the reach of these ads. How crazy is that? 75% when they were never published organically. Can that sink in? Did you know what I just said? Never published organically, yet the reach was 75% because of all the engagement. All right. Um, and, and speaking of reach, so kind of looking at attrition. Because what I was curious about, those who said, yeah, I want to participate in this experiment, click that first ad and view click, uh, uh, tip one or viewed the ad for tip one. Maybe they didn't click on it. How many people were reached for tip one versus the final ad, which is the webinar invite? Well, tip one reach was 4,560. So to give you some perspective, um, I was also running a campaign to invite people into this, right? So that was targeting a whole bunch of people that were my fans and website visitors, namely. And f so basically 4,560 people or so said they wanted to participate. That's why that reach of tip one is 4,560. That's paid reach. And then 
for the webinar, which is the final one, so you had to make it all the way through 12 tips to be invited into the webinar, 942. So about one-fifth. So it's about 20% of that initial number. That's a lot of attrition. However, um, I'm going to show you how, how quickly it's really more about the initial attrition. So tip one reach is 4,560. Tip two reach was 2,561. It's almost half already. Tip three reach was 2,009. So we lost 500 more to get to tip three. That said, it starts leveling off at that point. There's only a difference of about 400 reach from tip six through the webinar invite. If it's not clear why I'm talking about reach on these, it's really talking about how many people are still participating in the experiment from tip one through the webinar invite. Right? How many people are dropping off? How many people are getting bored? How many people aren't really that interested anymore? Or how many people, for whatever reason, aren't seeing the ads? So I thought that was interesting. That really, once we got to tip six, so six through 12 through the webinar invite, stayed really, really uh, steady. There's only a difference of like 400 people between those, even though there's a difference of 2,000 people from tip one to tip two, right? Um, something else I, I, know, I spotted was potentially a CPM and click-through rate correlation. So really good click-through rate could lead to cheap CPM, potentially. That's what it looked like. An example, again, looking at day one versus, you know, because the, the, the CTR was crazy in day one. Um, median CTR, again, was 34.9%. Median CPM per day one was $3.74. Now, on the flip side, day 15 median CTR, which was the lowest, was 8.1%, while the median CPM was $6.74. So that was $3 higher than day one. So almost double, which would obviously, because hey, we talked about how the, there was that increase in uh, cost per website click. Well, part of that is just because the CPM nearly doubled, right? So it's interesting how that works out. That you get less engagement, it's gonna start costing you more to reach people. And that's kind of some evidence there of that in action. How much time we got? Because I got, I got some other stuff. It is 30 minutes, but a couple more things I wanna talk about. Placement. I expected some things to jump out at me on placement, they really didn't. Cost per web website by placement, excuse me, cost per website click by placement Desktop news feed, four cents. Again, median. Mobile, five cents. Right-hand column, four cents. Not even worth talking about. Surprising, to be honest with you. Click-through rates, you know, this shouldn't shock you. Median CTR for desktop news feed, 26.9%. Mobile, 27.5%. Right-hand column, 5.4%. Not shocking. We know it's going to be higher on, on news feed and mobile. Sidebar, we know it's going to be very, very low, but it's also cheaper to reach people there, which resulted in a cheap cost per website click. How about conversions? So I was tracking all conversions, all active uh, conversion pixels throughout this process. And, you know, jury's still out. I'm a true ROI on this. That's going to be found out after the webinar tomorrow. But some things happen. Not only did I drive a ton of website traffic, um, but I got 214 eBooks 
um, that we're registered for, 10 newsletters, two power editor course bundles. Um, so that's just the start of people who are participating. Again, I wasn't selling anything yet, right? The kicker, though, is the webinar invite. So you'll recall that the reach for the webinar invite was 942. Keep that in the back of your mind. 942 people were reached with this ad. Guess how many people have registered for the webinar? Again, the only place to know about this webinar is through that ad. 942 reached, 832 registered. (laughs) Absolutely ridiculous. And just like everything else, day one, we were looking at one cent, two cents per registration. Now, overall, I've spent a kind of measly $46.42 to get 832 registrations, so about $0.05 per registration. Keep in mind, for me personally, I have no problem spending a dollar per webinar registration. I think there's some people in some industries that would be happy spending two, three, four, five dollars depending on what they're doing in that webinar per registration. But if we're just saying a single dollar, it's the equivalent of spending $832 for registration, which I think is even pushing it. I, I'd expect to pay $1,000 to, at least to fill a webinar like that. And I spent less than 50. That's kind of crazy, right? That's all about it being my right audience. We talked about this, right? Attracting the right people. I have attracted the right people. These are my people. And I'm going to make sure when they're on that webinar that I get them signed up for that Power Hitters Club because they're perfect for it. Is that a good way to wrap this up or what? All right, man. Uh, One last drink. Give me a cheers, Dan. Give me a cheers. Dan's my uh, podcast editor. I need to get this final drink. Cheers. Joy to the world. All right. Uh, that, that's a completely random reference from college, but joy to the world and slam your beer. All right. So I have called over the bartender and I've asked for a tab. I will take care of you, my friend. Thanks for your support. Thanks for listening. And like always, please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. I'm not joking. You think I'm joking? Do it, please. But I had a lot of fun. I thought we had some good stuff to talk about this week. If you need anything, reach out. Find me. Info at johnloomer.com. Find me on Facebook, on Twitter. You know where I am. Until next time, do awesome things. I'm out.